Hey, welcome to the Revo Church Podcast. We are so glad you decided to join us today, wherever you are. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's message. We are starting and kicking off a new series today, uh, a new series that we're going to be starting, and it's called Healthy Habits, Healthy Habits. How many of y'all would just like to start and go into 2024 with healthy habits? Come on, amen to that, myself included. Uh, You know, we we kind of came up with this idea, really, it's because, you know, some of you know this, some of you are new here, but um, a couple months ago, I just, I hit a wall. I hit a pretty hard wall and uh, emotionally, spiritually, mentally hit a wall. And I took six weeks off to be able to kind of replenish my soul a little bit and get back on track. And ever since then, God really kind of started to stir in my heart. Man, we as a church, it's not just about me, um, which I need to be healthy because I need to be able to lead you in a healthy way. But it's also about the congregation. God doesn't just want me healthy. He wants you healthy. He wants you to be able to walk out all the things and the promises that he's invested and instilled into your life. And so we're gonna start this this year in January talking about healthy habits. Not only are we gonna be doing that, but in February we start our cruise, which our cruise this season is gonna look a little differently because it's all about health. It's about uh, mind, body, and spirit. We've partnered up with, come on, One Hot Studio, also known as One Hot Yoga back in the day, I guess, I'm not sure, but we got some Pilates instructors that go to the church. And so we're gonna be doing some Pilates. We have some, some people that are going to be uh, running, doing some running groups and stuff that like that, running around the block right here. Listen, I ran around the block this morning. It was very difficult for me this morning. I got up. It was a little chilly, but I got up this morning. I ran around the block. I got up. I pulled that block from under the bed. I ran around it. I pushed it right back in. Man, you got to start small steps, right? You got to start small. But, uh, but we're super excited about that. And so in a series, Healthy Habits, if you're taking notes today, I've titled today's message, when you're sick of being stuck. Have you been there? When you're sick of being stuck. Father, we thank you so much for today, for all that you're gonna do in us, through us. I ask right now, Holy Spirit, I decrease so that you may increase and speak through me. It's not my words, but it's your words, it's your power, it's your might. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Come on, how many of y'all started? I know we're in 2024, and so there's many things that I say that you're like, well, that's a Cajun speaking because he ain't got no sense. I know we're in 2024, but I'm backtracking to 2023, so follow with me. How many of y'all started in 2023 with something in your life that you wanted to change? Come on, raise your hand. 2023, you started with something in your life that you wanted to change. You made a New Year's resolution in 2023 and you said, man, I wanna change this this year. My question to you is, how did you end 2023? How did you end it? Many of you are in church right now saying, "I'm, I'm giving God my first. I'm gonna be a part of church every single weekend to the best of my ability. But as time went on, we begin to kind of get a little lazy and want to sleep in and want to do other things. Things didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. Inc. Magazine wrote this article, I read um, in this article that Inc. Magazine wrote, and they did a study of 45 million people. How many of y'all know that's a lot of people? That's a lot of people. 
They did a study for 45 million people and they found out this truth, that the vast majority of us quit our resolution by the second Friday in January. Come on, there's hope for y'all. Come on, you just went through the first Friday. I'm not trying to bust your bubble or take the, the air out of your sail, but you got one week left, I'll just say. You got one week, you got one week. Listen, we all start with great intentions. We all had these amazing intentions in 2023 and even going into 2024, we have these great intentions to where we wanna do great things, but we still weigh more than we'd like to weigh. Well, we went into 2023 with great, great intentions and wanting to be financially stable, but we spent more than we actually make. We go into 2023 wanting to read our Bible every single day, but the reality is, is we didn't even pick it up during the year. So the question today is how do we stop bad habits? How do, how do we stop these bad habits? How do we move forward and not let these things carry on into the year, dragging us down, pulling us back? How do we stop bad habits? Because no one plans on living paycheck to paycheck. No one wakes up in the day and says, you know what? I'm good with this. I wanna live paycheck to paycheck. I wanna barely make it. No one wakes up in the morning and says, I want to become overweight. I want to be unhealthy and I want to die at a young age. No one wakes up in the morning thinking to themselves, you know what? I just need to live this mediocre life with no passion, no vision, no drive. I just kind of want to waste my life away. Nobody wakes up thinking that. Rarely do we end up at the wrong place because of one bad choice. We actually end up in the wrong place because of one step, one day, one bad habit at a time. I kind of want to talk today from the book of Judges. If you have your Bible, you can go there. Judges chapter 16. If you don't have it, it'll be on the screen uh, above me. And it says this. It says one day. Everybody say one day. Say it louder. Say one day. That's good feedback, guys. Welcome. One day, Samson went to Gaza where he saw a prostitute. Now, there may be some people in this room that don't know the story of Samson. And so I kind of want to help you so that you can follow along with us a little bit. So if you're unfamiliar with this story, the story of Samson was a man, actually a child who started at a very young age who was blessed by the Holy Spirit with this unnatural strength. He could grow up and he could go and he could defeat armies, he could fight people, he could do all of these different things and Samson would never be defeated and he would always have this strength if he kept these three vows to God. Those three vows were that he could never touch a dead body, he could not shave his head and he could not drink wine. And for whatever reason, Samson's going around and he goes into Gaza one day where he sees a prostitute. He, he sees this lady by the name of Delilah and Delilah starts to kind of whisper in his ear a little bit. Come on, you know what I mean? Whispers in his ears a little bit and kind of gets him feeling all cert, sort of certain ways. And what happens is, is Samson reveals to Delilah one of the things that has given him this strength, I can never shave my head. 
Delilah goes out there and she begins to tell all the people, these Philistine people, that uh, he can't shave his head. And so they come and they shave his head. They tie him up. He can't break free. And so there's a little bio of who Samson is. But as we kind of dive into it a little bit, we realize and we understand that Gaza, which is where Samson had to go, Gaza was the worst place that he could possibly step foot. Gaza hated Samson. The Philistine people hated Samson. They wanted to annihilate him. They wanted to destroy him. They wanted to kill him. And so for Samson to go into Gaza was actually a death, a death sentence to himself. He was public enemy number one. And so here's Samson walking along and he has to go 25 miles to Gaza from his hometown Zora. 25 miles he had to walk to get to a place that actually hated him. Let me break this down for all you step counters out there. 25 miles is a long way. Well, duh, Charles, that's a long way. Let me tell you how far it is. It's 56,250 steps. 56,250 steps. Come on, I know some of you people in here, y'all got that, that Apple watch, you got, you got that thing, you're like, oh, I'm getting my 5,000 in today. You know, I'm just walking, I'm just walking. I, where are you going? I'm just walking in place, gotta get my 5,000. 56,250 steps, Samson had to walk. And it's stupid to think about this, Samson walking 56,000 steps, 25 miles. It's stupid to think, why would you risk so much for so little? Why would you do that? I know we read this in the Bible and it's a story in the Bible that we can learn from, but here's the reality is that countless people do it every single day. Every day you and I walk these steps. Every day you and I indulge in bad habits. Every day you and I make wrong choices. It doesn't happen one day at a time. No, it happens one step, one moment, one day, at a time. And here we see Samson doing all of these different things. Why? He didn't end up in this bad place just because. Samson didn't find himself weak just because. No, it was one step, one bad habit at a time. James chapter one says this. It says, so get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Pastor Charles, you don't understand. <laughs> that, that, that might be easy for you to read but you don't understand my life. You don't know my life. You don't understand what it is that I have to deal with. You don't realize for the last 30 or 40 years of my life, I have been smoking cigarettes. You don't understand how hard that is. Get rid of every filthy habit and all wicked conduct. Man, that's almost impossible. Well, Pastor Charles, you, you don't get it. You don't get my lifestyle. You don't, you don't understand exactly what it is that I have to walk through and go through every single day. You don't understand this stronghold in my life. You expect me to get rid of every filthy habit? Can I just put a little comma right there and just say, I'm not asking you to do it overnight. Can it happen overnight? Absolutely. God can do immeasurably all that we can ask or imagine. 
He, he, can, he, can, he can deliver you in just a second. He can deliver you right now. My prayer is that right now that the Holy Spirit begins to release that addiction, that habit, that drive, that stronghold. Right now, he would begin to release that in your life. Can it happen? Yes. Sometimes it takes a moment. Sometimes it takes a little time. It takes small steps, small decisions. I love the other part of this scripture. Get rid of all the wicked conduct, but we begin to see, submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to save you. Do you realize the word that God has embedded in your life? Do you understand the word that is embedded in your heart? Do you understand the power that you actually have to take a hold of all the good things that God has promised you and to walk away from all the negative things that the enemy wants to destroy you with? Do you realize that you have the power? There's promises on the inside of us. Promises like, I, I, I have the power to do it all, that there's no weapon formed against me that shall prosper. It's not going to happen. Why? Because we have a God mightier than our little bitty habits. We got to stop telling. We got to stop telling God how big our problems are. We got to start telling our problems how big our God is. Get rid of all these things. Submit to God and accept the word that he plants in your hearts, which is able to what? Save you. Here's the thing, starting good habits is easy. Or, or starting good habits is difficult. Starting good habits is very difficult, why? Because you don't see the results until later. Now follow me. How many of you have said, I wanna lose weight, I wanna work out, I wanna get chiseled, whatever that may look like to you. I mean, chiseled might be like a Greek God, chiseled might be like, I just don't wanna be as round. You know what I mean? Like, how many of you said, man, I wanna eat better, I want to see results in my body, I wanna see results in my health. We make these decisions and we wanna start good habits, but it's hard to do because we don't see the payoff until later. Start the new year, man, I wanna lose 10 pounds. But that 10 pounds doesn't show on the scale until three months, four months, five months later. I want to start working out so that I can get some muscles and I, I, you know, I just don't look like a pear, like I'm a skinny fat person. You know, I, I just don't want to look like that. I want to get some muscles. And so we go to the gym and as we go to the gym man, we're pumping iron and I'm like, man, I look nothing like this guy. Why? You just started. Good habits are hard to start because you don't see the payoff till later. But bad habits are the opposite. Bad habits are easy to start because you see and you feel the results right then. And you don't see the negative results until later. Can I tell you something real quick? Sin's fun. Sin's a lot of fun. And if you tell me sin's not fun, then you're not doing it right. <laughs> Let's be honest. Sin is fun until it's not. 
sin is fun in the moment. Why? Because your endorphins are firing, man. Your adrenaline is just kicking in. You're not even thinking about tomorrow. You're not thinking about what's to come. Sin is fun because sin doesn't show you the end result. It doesn't show you down the road. It doesn't show you what's happening down the, down, down the weeks and the months and the years later. Sin doesn't reveal all of that to you. Why? Because it wants to keep you longer than you ever want to stay. It's fun for a moment until it's not. You know, maybe you want to sneak out at nighttime. You want to smoke some cigarettes. You want to relieve some stress. You want to kind of do all of these things, but that doesn't begin to reveal itself until decades later when you find out that you have cancer. You want to eat it? Come on, you want to eat at the the all-you-can-eat buffet? Come on, Golden Corral. Pile that mashed potatoes, that mac and cheese. Give me some of that cornbread, baby. Let's go peach cobbler. Can I get a heck? Yeah. (laughs) A buffet doesn't show you that if I continue to eat this way, that years later, I'm diagnosed with diabetes. It won't reveal that. Going to a bar every single day with your girlfriends or your guy friends or even by yourself to have a drink, to numb the pain. Doing this every single day, which turns from one to three to six to 12 to a case and all of the above. It doesn't happen until years later that you become an alcoholic. See, no one ever becomes something overnight. It always starts with one step, one day at a time. So how do, we, how do we break bad habits? How do we begin to break these habits in our lives? And some might not be that difficult, but some may be. The first thing that we have to do to break bad habits is that we have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge it. You cannot defeat what you can't define. You have to acknowledge the habit. Listen, I, I, I remember when I was going through all of my stuff years ago, my teenage years, my early 20s, when I was going through all of this addiction and everything like that, I realized and thought to myself, man, I, I got this thing figured out. I, I got it all figured out. I'm good to go. Nothing, nothing bad will ever happen to me until I begin to see my friends overdose on drugs, until I begin to see my friends go to prison. Until I find myself facing 17 years in prison. Come on, how many of y'all know that'll wake you up? I find myself looking at 17 years of prison time and it dawned on me, it's not my friends that are the problem, it's me. My friends never tied me up and hauled me off somewhere. My friends never put a gun to my head and said, you better do this or die. No, that was all on me. And I had to acknowledge the fact that it's not their problem, Charles, it is your problem. I had to acknowledge it, I had to define it, I had to realize that, man, if I don't do something to change myself, then I'll never change. If I don't realize that these habits and these choices and these one day, one moment, one step at a time, if I don't change these, it's gonna bring me down a road that could be death. You know, maybe in here, substances, addiction is not your problem. That was my issue. 
things that I've had to deal with and I've had to work through, but maybe that's not yours. Maybe in here, you know, some of you are dealing with just having a critical spirit. Maybe you're walking through life and you're just, you're critical. You have a, a complaining heart. Maybe you have a gossiping tongue. I like to call that, some of us in here, we call that Christian gossip. Charles, what's Christian gossip? Well, I just got to let them know what's going on in their life so they know how to pray for them. <laughs> Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Y'all are like, uh, that's not me. <laughs> It's Christian gossip. And we throw everybody's business out there to everybody just so that we know how to pray for them. No. Maybe that's some things that we're dealing with as a church. Maybe it's things that we're dealing with as an individual where we just say, you know what, God? I don't want these habits in my life, even though they may not be big, but they're detrimental. God's called us to speak life over one another. He's called us to love one another. He's called us to lock arms, arm in arm, hand in hand, so that you can help me and I can help you. And that when you're weak, I'm strong. When I'm weak, you're strong. He's called us as a body, as a body to lift one another up. So how do we break a bad habit? First thing we have to do is that we have to acknowledge it. Second thing that we have to do is we have to make it difficult to do. We have to make it difficult to do. You know, creating good habits, you have to make it obvious and easy, which is what we're talking about next week. But to break a bad habit, you have to make it difficult to do. Listen, I love Oreos. <laughs> I love them with everything. Anything that has an Oreo in it, sign me up. Cookies and cream, all day. Oreos, I believe Oreos is a cookie from heaven. I believe it's a cookie that God created and he blessed us on this earth with cookies from heaven. Why do I believe that? Because Oreos, it's the trilogy. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. It's all three. It's all three of them. <laughs> Can I say something real quick? Somebody told me this. I can't believe you, Pastor. You think the Holy Spirit's a cookie, an Oreo. No, I don't. But thanks for reminding me how just naive I am and I just need to make sure everyone knows that I believe in the Holy Spirit and I know who He is and He's not an Oreo. But, Cajun terms, He's the Holy Spirit, amen. So, so listen, so I love Oreos. I love them with everything inside of me. I will go into an Oreo coma. I will sit and eat Oreos on my couch at night. I will begin to eat one. I will begin to eat two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I will black out and I will go to the second sleeve. By the time I'm done with the second sleeve, I've got crumbs all over me. My wife's looking at me like I'm absolutely crazy. She's like, you're a glutton for punishment. I'm like, punish me more, baby. You know, so here I am. I eat Oreos. I love them. I realize that Oreos are a bad habit. I love them. Now, I'm not saying Oreos are of the devil, but I am saying that if I want to be healthier, listen, my birthday's this week. I love birthdays. Birthday is my favorite holiday. I celebrated, I used to celebrate it all month. Then I had a daughter who had a birthday right after my birthday, so that got null and void. So now I celebrate it all week. This week I turned 44 years old. Praise the Lord, didn't think I'd make it this long. 
But I realized that as I was going through my health issues, my blood pressure was so high, all of the things that were happening in my body, in my mind, I realized if I wanna make it to 80, I better make some changes. So how do, I, how do I make it hard for me to eat Oreos? Well, when I go to the grocery store, guess what aisle I don't go down? The cookie aisle. I will get lost and stand there and I will start snacking in the grocery store. Like I'm just, I'm not gonna do it. So I have to make it hard for me to eat Oreos. I, I have to make it to where it's not an easy thing for me to indulge in. Proverbs four tells us this, it says, do not set foot on the path of the wicked or walk in the way of evildoers. Avoid it. Do not travel on it. Turn from it and go on your way. I'm not saying that Oreos are wicked. But what I am saying is that if you wanna stop doing something, you have to stop walking on the road that you're walking on in order to break the bad habit. Come on, have you ever noticed that when you hang out with a group of people, you actually start becoming those people? Listen, I, I, I used to be a chameleon. I, I could blend in with any of them. If I'm in another country, I'm Hispanic. Hola, como esta? If, if I'm in another area, I can become that area. If I'm with preppy people, I will be preppy. Bow ties, Sperry's, I mean, I will go all out. If I'm playing golf, you would never realize and think that I'm a horrible golfer. Why? Because I look good, <laughs> play the part. If I can't play good, look good. That's my theory. You become who you hang out with. And I remember my mom used to tell me, Charles, you are who you hang around. You are who you hang around. So if you wanna to begin to stop doing things, look who you're hanging around. Proverbs 13, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. <laughs> I love the people in my life now. I can honestly say I love my friends. I love my family. I love our overseers. I love the pastors that invest in me. You've, you've seen many of them over the last uh, several weeks. We had many of them coming in um, uh, that, that invested in you, but they are also investing in me. I love who I hang around. Why? Because they love God. They love the church. They love their marriage. They work out every single day. I haven't arrived there yet, but I'm trying. And it's easier for me to live this life because of who I associate with. What would it look like if I still hung around drug addicts? What would it look like if I still went to the, the clubs and the, and the parties and the bars and, and the scene? What would that look like for me as a pastor? Well, I can tell you what it would look like. I wouldn't last long. I would not be your pastor very long. Why? Because the surrounding that I'm in, the environment that I'm in would actually not lift me up, but it would drag me down. We have to watch out for that. And so it's easier for me to live this life because of who I hang around with. I think there's a lot of times that we can think to ourselves, I'm just trying to be a witness. I've thought it many, many times. Well, Charles, I go to that place because I'm trying to be a good godly example to these individuals. And I, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong 
with you trying to be an example to people. I don't think there's anything wrong necessarily for you to go to a bar and try to witness to somebody once or twice, but when it becomes a habit, that's when it gets dangerous. Well, yeah, but I want them to see the church in a good light. I want them to see this and I want them to see that. And all of that is great in the beginning until it's not. Listen, we can be strong for a period of time, but how many of y'all know we're human? We ain't gonna make it very long. You put me in a bad surrounding, I'll fail every time. You put me in a good surrounding, I'll succeed every time. So we have to begin to understand that you control the environment. Don't let the environment control you. Because if you don't let that environment, or if you don't control that environment, you will fall to the environment that you're in. So you have to control it. Instead of going to those places, you begin to set the tone. You begin to set the time. You begin to set the environment. You say, hey, why don't we grab coffee? Why don't we just grab some lunch? Hey, come on over to my house. Let's have dinner. And as you're doing that, you bring other church, godly people with you, not weird people, just loving, godly people. You bring them with you and you say, hey, man, we just want to love on you. We just want to speak life into you. Can I tell you this, that this happens 100% of the time? When you take an individual out of their environment and you put them in your environment that is full of the Holy Spirit, this is what happens 100% of the time. Things begin to change. There's a breaking that happens in that person. They, they begin to say, oh, you know, I'm not, I, don't have to, I don't have to put on this show. I don't have to put on this mask. I don't have to put on all these things. Actually, no, I can actually begin to let the walls come down and let the Holy Spirit begin to do something. That's where life change happens. These one-on-one -on -one moments. Not in a big environment. Not in something that's so distracting it's hard to even hear the gospel. Can the gospel happen in those environments? Yes. I've seen it happen. I've seen people give their lives to Christ in a bar and I was the one there being a fool. I've seen it happen. So I'm not diminishing God and where he can move. I'm just saying it happens a lot easier when you control the environment. First Corinthians 15, it says, do not be misled that bad company corrupts good character. You have got to begin to remove the triggers in your life that are making you make and continue to make these bad choices. And again, they might not be huge mistakes to many of us. Some of us, they are. Some of us are very minor where you have an Oreo eating problem. Some of you might have an addiction problem. There's everything in between is a habit. If you hit the snooze button four times in the morning before you wake up to work, guess what? Move your alarm clock or your phone into the kitchen to where you got to get out of bed. Don't keep hitting the snooze button. If you're overspending on Amazon, come on, men. <coughs> My wife's not in here. She loves Amazon. I'm like, babe, what'd you get? Nothing. Really? <laughs> hitting in your back seat. I love my wife very much. But if you have a, a spending problem, man, set some passwords on your computer or on your screen or whatever to where before you spend something, you have to have a friend or a spouse that gives you the password to buy it. 
If you're looking at things on your phone, images on your phone, man, set a lock. Tell, tell somebody to hold you accountable to where it would alert them before you can even watch anything. There are so many things that you can do to make it hard to fail. And can I even say this? Maybe some of you are in here and you actually have an addiction problem. Or you have a habit that's a little bit more than Oreos or gossiping or whatever it is. Maybe, maybe it is a serious thing. I, I want to just, as your pastor, I want to offer myself to you to have a conversation with. I love that. I'm not, I'm not the type of pastor that doesn't want to be in your life. I have gone through many hard seasons, just came out of one. And it was, it was only because I asked for help that I got help. But I also realized that asking for help sometimes is not that easy. Making, making someone else aware that you have a problem is not that easy because you don't want that individual to look at you differently. Can I tell you it's okay to not be all right? For real, it is okay to, to not be okay. It's okay. But it's not okay to stay that way. So if you need help, like I'm talking major help, you need rehab, you need counseling, let me know or someone else know so that we can walk alongside you. We have counselors in this church, counselors outside of the church. I'm connected with many different rehab facilities that we can help get you in, in, uh, help get you a part of. We want to help you. We don't want 2024 to be your worst year ever. We want it to be your best year ever. And it starts with being your best year ever spiritually. Why resist temptation tomorrow if you have the power to eliminate it today? Because do you realize that the habits that you have today will shape who you will become tomorrow? Everything you say and everything you do today shapes what you do tomorrow. And if you're not sure, if you like the direction that your habits are bringing you, I've got a little, I've got a little uh, challenge that I want to give you. Before you step into that habit, pause. Maybe right now. Maybe before you, or as you leave church today, just think about that thing. Whatever that thing is for you. <laughs> and I like to call it the play it forward challenge. Play it forward one week. Play it forward one month. Play it forward three months, six months. Play it forward a year. What you're doing now, when you're not in the middle of it, play it forward. What does that look like for you? What does that outcome look like? If things were brought to the surface, what does that look like? If, the, if doctors, you go to a doctor, what, what would that look like You know, down the road? Play it forward. Samson had 56,250 steps to stop and turn around. And can I tell you today that you have an opportunity and you have a choice to make a step. Don't get caught up in the big. The big always outdoes the step. We get burnout, we get frustrated, we think to ourselves, well, I, it's, it's not going the way I wanted it to go. Start small. One small step. One day at a time. 
will actually determine your future. One small step, one day at a time. Never underestimate how God can start something special with one small decision. Zechariah 4.10 says this. It says, do not despise these small beginnings. Do not despise January 7th. Do not despise coming to church on a Sunday morning. Do not despise having a conversation with your husband or your wife. Do not despise making a decision not to go down that road. Do not despise calling a friend and asking for help. Do not despise going down that cookie aisle. Do not despise these small beginnings. For what? For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. He rejoices to see it what? Begin. Oh yeah, I'm sure he loves it when it's done. Oh, but the Bible says he rejoices to see the work begin. Do you realize that today in this moment, you're taking a step, showed up. Do you realize that the Lord is rejoicing for you right now? It's begun. January 7th, it's a new year. It's new opportunities. God, give me the boldness. Give me the strength. Give me the opportunity to take the small steps. Come on, Father, we thank you for today. Oh, we thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing in us right now, in this moment. God, that is only because of you. And we're able to have hope. We're able to have dreams. Father, I pray right now, God, that you would do some amazing things in these next several weeks as we talk about healthy habits. God, reveal to us things that we need to start small. I pray for every individual in this room that you would give them the strength to carry on, the strength to continue. I pray for every individual in this room, the strength to come back next Sunday to hear what it is. How do we start healthy habits? To, to let this become a healthy habit, being in church, being with like-minded believers, worshiping you with everything that we have. God, we thank you for that. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want to ask this question. Maybe you're in here today and you say, man, it's hard for me to break these habits. It's hard for me to turn the other way. It's hard for me to follow what it is that God is asking me to do because I really don't have that relationship. Maybe you never have. Maybe you've strayed. Today is the day where the Holy Spirit, He's tugging on your heart and He's calling you back home. And He's saying, hey man, it's time to get back to what it is that God has created you to do and that's to worship Him. So if you're in here this morning and you say, you know, man, I need to surrender. I need to come back home. Doesn't mean anything crazy. It just basically means, hey, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. And that's you in here today. And you say, man, I want to come back home. Today is the day where I want to make a new start following Christ. If that's you, just slip up a hand. I want to know who I'm praying for. One, two, three, four. Father, we thank you for those hands that were lifted. I thank you for who you are. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the hands that weren't lifted, but maybe you're stirring in their hearts. God, do what only you can do. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this message. If you've made a decision today to follow Jesus for either the first time or the hundredth time, 
shoot us an email at info at Revo Church FL with the subject line, I've decided. And let us know where you're listening from because we want to celebrate with you. Check us out on our socials at Revo Church FL to stay plugged in with what's happening within our community. And we believe it's going to be your best day ever if it's your best day spiritually.